Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust. Thank you, Shannon, for that wonderful introduction. And hello, Kingdompreneurs. If this is your first time joining us, thank you. And if you're returning, we greatly appreciate you returning to this episode, which is the Parking Lot Evangelista Part 2. And as you all know, that part one was truly an exceptional conversation. Uh, Really excited about all the reviews, as well as the feedback that we received from that first episode. We're looking forward to providing you with even more value in part two. And listen, before we continue, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. That way you remain locked in, committed to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Mission. And so if we didn't have an opportunity to get acquainted last time, I want to make sure that each and every one of you understand a little bit more about me and kind of just what the motive is here related to Kingdompreneur. And so the whole objective overall is actually financing the kingdom. And so our goal is going to be to aggregate through all of our Kingdompreneur partners and strategic partners, whether they're members or advisors, we want to steward over $100 billion to really impact the kingdom in a positive way. And my background really supports that mission because building investment structures, investing in companies, raising capital, I've done that now for the past seven years. And some of our largest transactions are north of a billion dollars in enterprise value. So I understand how to structure capital, structure certain relationships to deploy money for the benefit of business. And now we're going to shift that focus from the benefit of business specifically and also focus on the benefit of the kingdom. And I hope you that are listening right now understand this. You may not know anything about that, but if you participate with us long enough, you will understand a three-year strategy on how to not only become a multimillionaire yourself, but you'll learn how to put these types of structures together so that we can impact all the charitable givings that we desire, the missionary work that we desire, you know, supporting educational um, opportunities, you know, combating corruption in the government, you know, whatever our desire is or whatever God moves us to do, we can do that as a unit. In this conversation, we're going to go ahead and discuss part two. And if you remember from our last conversation, um, this month's theme is building faith under pressure. And so, You heard in my first conversation that I was in a place very dark economically, uh, emotionally, uh, even physically. I was gaining weight. And so I really needed a solution. You know, God interceded, brought me the evangelista in the parking lot. And that was really the the beginning of the shift. Now, what's amazing is that in part two, we're going to discuss when I encountered Bridgette several months later, which is really interesting in itself. So before we begin, go ahead and grab yourself a pen, paper. Uh, For me, I have some tea. 
And we're going to go ahead and get right into this story. The reason why I'm sharing this story with you is because I believe that when you look at the overarching focus of how do we go from where we're at to where we desire to be, what does that journey look like? And so oftentimes, so often, people will tell you the outcome. They'll tell you the results. And the results are exciting. They inspire. They're aspirational. However, the journey is missing. And as humans, we learn through either our experience or through the experience of others. And then we cross-reference that with our current wiring or our philosophy to determine what we believe is fact or not. My responsibility in this conversation is to kind of take you through my journey, help you relate it to yours, and then implement what it is that I did to help me produce the evidence that God's favor is real, his mercy is real, that he will provide you with increase once you are aligned, once you are obedient, and once you're doing your part. And the parking lot evangelista is really that more metamorphosis, I, I think would be the best way to describe it, the metamorphosis of me going from disobedient out of alignment and to being inspired, encouraged, and focused on being aligned with God and God's word. And when I look at today's time, we've done that. Putting in the work. We're going to start there. Putting in the work. The evangelista came to me, shared the vision, gave me scripture, gave me the next steps. It was my responsibility to do the work. I could have gave her excuses. I could have gave myself excuses. I could have gave my spouse excuses. And so often we live in this realm of excuses justifications for limitation. Don't be the person who does that because there's no benefit. All you do is justify and argue for your limitations. And when you argue for your limitations, guess what? You get to keep them. And if you don't want to be limited, if you want to be unlimited, then you have to remove the excuses. I was eager to get aligned with God. And so the first passage we're going to pull from with that eagerness is going to be James 2, 17. And that may be some of your favorite, you know, chapter in scripture. But even so, faith, if he hath not works, it is dead being alone. Faith without works is dead. How often do we know personally or people who have tremendous faith that they believe deeply that they are encouraged deeply. But when you look at their day-to-day -day routines, it is very bleak in terms of the focus, the activity that should be directed towards growing that faith. So what it is is they're hopeful, not faithful. There's a big difference. See, hope, you can have a lot of hope without any exerting any energy, exerting any type of action, right? You can just be hopeful. But when you're truly faithful, you're being active. And so my faith was, I believe that Bridgette had the word of God in her mouth. I was encouraged by it. I began to read the scriptures consistently. I began to be very conscious of my conduct, acutely conscious, meaning I was listening to every thought carefully in my head. I was praying way more consistently than I ever had before. And that, that was really what I was designed was just to be consistent and I hope that's a desire of yours too, because consistency, as we discussed in chapter, I mean, in episode one, 
is really the foundational building block of building a strong faith relationship with God. And you have to be eager and excited to want that. Because if you're not eager or excited, why should we expect for God of, I mean, if you think about it, the creator, right? The omega, why would we expect for him to bless us the way we desire to be blessed and we're unwilling to take the necessary action, the necessary steps to be consistent and be faithful to his word, right? Which is completely laid out to us. There's no ambiguity there. It's very straightforward. There's no confusion. Why would we expect anything from him? So I put in a lot of work. And I think for me or any other kingdompreneur, that is truly the differentiator between amassing success, having a fruitful life, or not. It's the work. So ask yourself this question. Are you truly putting in the work the way you know you could put it in? Or do you find yourself following your emotions? Because if you follow your emotions, each day will be different. There will be no routine. There is no consistency. There's nothing you can rely on because feelings are like weather. They change daily, right? They're up one moment. They're down another moment. You know, they're sideways. They're left or right. You're inspired. You're sad. You cannot follow your feelings. But what you can do is follow a routine, follow a commitment, follow a mission. You have to establish that first for yourself before you can do anything else. So the eagerness to want to put in the work is the really the starting point, okay? Because in September when I met Bridget, that was really the shift. But then December 24th of 2014, as you know, that's Christmas Eve. What were you doing Christmas Eve? Probably preparing presents, getting ready for family to come over. Um, looking at your children who are excited about Santa coming, what to, you know, just enjoying that quality family time. Well, I was doing the same thing, many of those. However, we were in need and I needed to run to the grocery store. And I don't recall exactly what it was that um, I was asked to go get. Went to the grocery store, so same Myers, And it's 6.55 p.m. Myers closes at 7 p.m. So you can understand, it's really tight. I get in there, I grab what I needed, and this is, there are these massive lines. I'm talking about, I've never seen lines from the back all the way to the cashier that long ever in my experience going into a retail grocery store. So I get in line. Obviously, it's over 7 o'clock. They lock the door so more people can't come in. All you could do is exit. And I'm waiting in this line, I estimate, 20, 30 minutes. And as soon as I get to the cashier and providing my products, you know, and she's scanning them and she's saying, have a Merry Christmas. And I'm like, you know, uh, Merry Christmas to you too. And I happen to look up. And lo and behold, there's Bridget. And she sees me and I see her. And as you know, I am eager to talk to this woman because I know that she has the, my word from God in her mouth. And so I couldn't wait to pay for my goods and hurry up and check out and walk over to her. And we greeted one another and I was sharing with her that I've been active, I've been consistent, you know, that I'm inspired, that 
I can see the future. I can see possibility, right? Like, you know, we're in an excited state. Now, even though there hasn't been any like results from what she shared just yet, I was excited about the process. See, sometimes we are so focused on the outcome that we can't get excited about the process because the process oftentimes, it doesn't produce results. It leads to results, but it doesn't produce results in the very moment. Meaning, we're such in this microwave society that we wanna stick it in, hit start, and immediately we produce a result. But the reality of success, the reality of God's word, it's almost like a slow cooker, right? You turn it on, you let it heat, you let it steep, and then it slowly cooks. But the product at the end is so amazing that the slow cook was worth the wait. But we had to shift our mindset in order to value that process. The preparation of the meat, the seasoning of the meat, the preparation of whatever's in the slow cooker, right? There's preparation. And oftentimes we just want the outcome of what's going to come out of the slow cooker and we want to cook very fast. And what does that tie to? Emotion, right? That's driven based on fear, that's worry, doubt. We want to hurry to get through something so we don't have to experience the possibility of it not working. I was excited about the process. So Bridget pulls me aside and she prays for me and I'm sharing with her all the details and she's excited about those details and she says, listen, you're going to do something that's really incredible. And I'm like, what is it, right? Like I'm thinking that this is going to be another blessing, another prophecy. She said, you're going to sow into my ministry. Now, I smiled, but in the back of my head, am I? Because I'm wondering, where is this money going to come from? How am I going to afford to do this? I'm excited to do this. I'm looking forward to doing it, but how? And she said, don't worry, it will take place, but you're going to sow into my ministry. I said, okay, Bridget. so far you've been accurate. I trust what you're saying. I'm going to sow into your ministry. So I immediately went home. Christmas came the 25th. Uh, we were fortunate enough during that time that uh, through the battle of my late wife's cancer, even though we didn't have the financial means, we had some nonprofits that were able to bless us to make sure our children had a wonderful um, Christmas that year. And that was a very humbling experience too because I initially resisted wanting to have any assistance, right? As a prideful male, I felt inadequate when my wife was saying, hey, let's take advantage of these services. You know, I am a cancer patient and here's what they provide. And I was reluctant to do it, I resisted to do it, However, I'm glad that we did. The smiles on the children's face and seeing them excited to wake up and, and feel blessed that morning uh, was very humbling spirit. And again, I'm still in this process of building humility, uh, becoming more grounded, right? So I'm still in this phase right now and you may be able to relate because it's an uncomfortable feeling. However, we just discussed, you don't follow your feelings, right? We follow the plan, we follow the, the vision. Christmas passes. On the 26th or the 27th, I received an outstanding check from my old network marketing company. It was, at that time, it was a pretty big check. We needed the money. We just had Christmas. 
bills are due. And I remember Bridget saying that you're going to sow a big seed. We had a decision to make. What is a big seed? See, so oftentimes we want to negotiate with God. We want God to compromise. We want God to take little, give us a lot. But when are, when are we, as his children, when are we going to say, you know what? We're going all in, God. I'm talking about all in. We trust you. We believe in you. Are you willing to go all in? And let me tell you something. Many of you are not. And that is why it's not working to the way that you want it to work because you are not all in. Here's what all in looks like. We receive the check. We pray over it. We seek God first because he is our provider. We made the decision that he's the provider, not the job, not the business, not the money. God is the provider. Make that decision first. Made the decision. Pray on the 28th. I met up with Bridget, and I have a picture with my daughter and I at the Meyer. So you can see in this moment that we're at Meyer. You can see my checkbook. And I wrote Bridget a check for the entire amount. We sold 100% of that check. Because we wanted God to know that we are all in. Because I knew that God was all in. He was all in. And knowing that he was all in, I needed to do my part. So we were all in. We sold the entire check. We didn't know how we were going to cover the bills before the end of the month. We didn't know what was going to come to pass. However, what we believed was God would provide, he would make a way, and he would grant us increase. Because our prayer would be, go before us, prosper our way, so that people go out of their way to bless us. We may not know who those people are, but they're going to bless us. And that's exactly what God did. And so on the 28th of December, I met up with Bridget. Bridget, here's the check. She prayed over it. She gave it increase. And I walked out of there slightly conflicted, right? Am I, am I really being obedient? Am I doing the right thing? Is this woman who she says, yeah, right? So like the enemy always wants to jump in your head and create doubt, create confusion. Scratch him. Don't let him do that. Okay? Just don't. I said, you know what? I'm locked in. I'm going to do this. I believe God has my back. Let's roll. And I kid you not, can you do that? I'm going to come in right now from Matthew 17, 20 to 21. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I think that's such a powerful scripture. And the reason why there's several points we need to pull away from there. The first one to say the power of life is in the tongue and also death is in the tongue which means that we can speak life over our finances our family our faith fitness we can also cause death to those same areas of life are we being negative 
Are we being destructive with our words? Vocabulary is key when you are building faith under pressure. Your vocabulary is key. The words that you choose to use will ultimately determine your destiny. So you have to choose your words very carefully. Very carefully. Like the facts are is this. What you choose to focus on will come to pass. So therefore your vocabulary is directly tied to your destiny. If you want a better destiny, develop a better vocabulary. If you want the same current circumstance, same destiny, same vocabulary. They're directly proportionate. Okay, so we talked about trusting the process. Point number three, renewed my mind. You're going to have to renew your mind. It's just a renewing. And the scripture talks about the importance of renewing. But fundamentally, what does that really mean? It means that what you've taken in thus far, how you learn, how you interpret, how you understand, has been conditioned. And if you realize that the mind can continuously be conditioned, because it's just like a muscle. If you work that muscle, if you place demand on that muscle, it will strengthen, it will get larger. If you put nothing on it, no demand, no conditioning, it will atrophy and do nothing. The facts are, you have to put demand and conditioning on yourself in order for a transformation to really take place. We're going to go into Romans 12 too. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that is good and acceptable and perfect in the will of God. Let's go back to that because we just talked about being conditioned, right? Well, therefore conformed. If you are a Christian, if you are a person of faith, strong faith, you can clearly see that there are some right and wrongs in how the world is moving right now. I mean, there's just an uproar in so many different areas between sexuality. We have mass shootings at an all-time high, right? Especially here in 2023, exceptional numbers. Relationships falling apart at exceptional numbers or alarming rates. There's just a lot happening right now due to the conforming. But it says right here in the scripture, be not conformed to this world. So you may live in this world, but you don't have to conform to it, which means you also have to be bold. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Understanding scripture is step one, but implementing scripture into your life so it becomes a habit and instinctive response is step two. And that's where Kingdompreneur Mentor will help mentor you in achieving that second point. Most can step into church, get to scripture, have a qualified and, and proven pastor, bishop, father to help you understand and translate God's intention through the word, through discipleship, through Jesus. But it's when we leave church, the implementation and the conditioning of that word is sometimes where we fall short. And because I had an extensive background prior to meeting Bridget in personal development, I understood how the mind worked, 
how feelings interact with that mind, our behavior patterns, how to break patterns, how to break limiting beliefs. So therefore, I was able to take that skill set and couple it with the scripture. And that's when the manifestation of increase really began to take place. And my journey of refinement has started. I want you to think about this as we walk through this journey together, right? Because we want to be transformed. You have a desire and I want to help you achieve your desire. You have to think to yourself, sometimes it's really just as simple as just doing the opposite. I kid you not, you'll be so impressed with what kind of results you get just sometimes doing the opposite of what you would normally do. Meaning, if something happens, like let's just use an example of you're driving in the car, someone cuts you off. What is your normal response? There could be nonverbal frustration. There could be verbal frustration. But what if you did the opposite and said, that person may, may not have seen me. Wow, they may be in a rush and I hope that everything's okay wherever they're heading. But you didn't take it personal and you responded, not reacted. How different would your feeling in that moment be? That when you get to your destination, are you still happy and cheerful? Are you frustrated? Are you irritated because you thought that that person intentionally did that to you? Just recently, I was going to the gym and I accidentally cut this lady off. And I'm pulling off the street. Okay, so I'm making a right onto a, a small street just before you're entering the gym. And she follows behind me. I pull into the gym. She's still behind me in this big black truck. And I'm like, oh, is this person like following me to the gym or are they going to the gym too? Right? That's what I'm thinking. I park. She pulls in aggressive and she's frustrated. She gets out her car, going to the same gym, right? How unfortunate. I get out mine and I choose to smile and apologize. I said, please forgive me for impeding your space. My intention was not to cut you off. I thought I had more room. And my car is sophisticated enough where your blind spot light, excuse me, I couldn't get it together. Your blind spot light was off. Perception is reality, right? And you could tell that she wanted to be so upset. She wanted to be so frustrated. But I had this big smile on my face. I apologized sincerely. And then she had to release that frustration. In that moment, she gave me a fist pound and said, there's enough room for all of us. And I said, I agree. And what I did to you was unfair. And I apologize. It won't happen again. But can you imagine if I cut her off and then I got frustrated because she started following me and the audacity of this woman following me into the parking lot. And when I get out my car, I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. That would be emotional immaturity, reactionary, short-term thinking. Because here's the facts. You don't know this person is carrying a gun. You don't know this person is part of of an affiliate or affiliated with some people that you don't want to be affiliated with, right? There's so many unknowns and we make assumptions sometimes just assuming that everything's going to be okay. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to assume that everything was going to be okay and that I had nothing to worry about. So 
I use my mind. And I just go back to realizing that the world today wants you to conform with anger, frustration, doubt, worry, you know, just all these emotions that have truly no long-term benefit, no short-term benefit, but they're justified out of frustration. And the fact that we have a lot of mental health issues going on in our country right now, especially after COVID, post-COVID, these are things that we have to consider. So in summary, I want you to stick around for the two-minute recap because I'm going to dive into perspective. But I want to know from you, are you ready to do the work? Are you ready to enjoy the process? And ultimately, are you ready to renew your mind? Those are all questions you're going to have to ask. But let's go ahead and jump into our two-minute recap. Thank you. Okay, KM family, let's go ahead and dive into our two-minute recap. Point number one, be open to challenging your thinking. That is such a crucial attribute in the season of transformation is your ability to challenge what it is that you believe to be accurate and fact now has to be challenged in order for transformation to step in and create a metamorphosis in your life. So challenge your beliefs, challenge your understandings, challenge your knowledge, challenge what you believe about yourself and others. Begin to question because in order for you to break open the yoke of mediocrity and move into abundance, you're going to have to take on some new information and some new ideas. Number two, let wisdom guide you. So these new ideas, these new concepts don't have to be yours, and more likely they're not going to be yours. But when you begin to focus on the Bible, when you begin to focus on certain types of leadership and new inputs, you're going to be able to take on wisdom. And wisdom supersedes knowledge because knowledge is great, but if it's misused, then it's foolishness. But knowledge used accurately will be wisdom. And you can get wisdom through your experience or you can get wisdom through the experience of others. If you leverage the experience of others, kingdompreneurs that are ahead of you, they're in places that you want to be, then that experience will bless you because you can now use it, challenge it against your thinking, look at their results compared to your results, and realize that, hey, if they have what I want and they're doing and living as I choose or want to live, then I can follow them, okay? With this, we have five key takeaways that we're going to dive into right now that's going to help you implement this conversation into your life and help you begin, again, that metamorphosis and transformation. So find an area of your life where faith is weak. And then ask yourself this question, how can I improve it? So that area of faith could be in your finances. It could be in your marriage. It could be in your career, in your business. Wherever you feel like you're often questioning, doubting, worrying, and just say, how can I improve it? And what's so powerful is that our brains are wired to help us find the truth. And so if you ask yourself a good question, you're going to get a good answer, believe it or not. And then they'll guide you in the journey of gathering more information, okay? Be more afraid of not pleasing God than embarrassing yourself, number two. Because the moment you get to a place where you really place God at the highest heights in your life, and he's governing everything that you do, 
and that his satisfaction supersedes your satisfaction, then you will begin to make better decisions, you will begin to take better actions, and then you will also see better fruit from those actions because you're living to please God and not to please self, okay? Whenever we please self, it doesn't really end well, okay? Number three, our words have tremendous power. So as I mentioned in the conversation that we just had, you have to remember that your vocabulary will impact your destiny. So be super mindful of the words that you choose to use, both over yourself, your family, your career, your finances. Be very selective. Become very conscious. Like in my household, our children are now allowed to say, I can't afford. Because that is a middle class limiting belief that keeps people limited. The real statement is, it may not be a good time, or how do I afford that? And you see, just changing the pattern of communication triggers the brain to have to come up with a different answer. There really is no answer when you say, I can't afford. It's done. But how do I afford? Or how do I come up with? Or how do I create? Now there's an action required, a process required, and then there will be fruit that will be produced as a result. Number four, adjust your environment. I don't expect for you right now to radically transform your home, sell your home, move into another home, or leave your apartment or condo. But what you can do is small tweaks. You can put more books around the television, right? Or create a library in your home and spend some time both doing entertainment and education. You can make some modifications in your landscaping that make your house more appealing to you. You may be able to change a color in your home that makes you feel more aspirational or excited to be at home. It could be an air freshener in your car. But if you just start with small tweaks of adjusting your environment because they now have to match this new level of expectation that you're creating for yourself or this new self-worth that you're developing, then you can slowly migrate into a better situation. And then number five, you have to modify your inputs. You have to be in a place right now where you're looking at where am I gathering information? Friends, um, internet, television, maybe the things you are reading, magazines, and say, how do I do the opposite with my friends? How do I find some friends that are maybe heading in a direction spiritually that I want to head in, right? That could be establishing some new affiliations. It could be how do I, you know, change the input of television and say instead of me watching garbage, I can maybe watch documentaries, Discovery Channel on animals, right? Things that are educational driven. And I'm not saying that you have to do 100% of this in order for transformation to start, but you do have to begin to put more good in and release the garbage in order for the shift to happen. So modifying your inputs joining mastermind organizations, joining organizations that are supporting areas of interest for you. But if you modify the information that's coming in, and it's information that's going to help you live greater spiritually, that's going to help increase your finances, help you become a better mother or father, sister, brother to your family, if it's going to help you become healthier, modifying the inputs which you put in your body, what fuels your body. And that was my greatest challenge is I had to I did well with the finance, I did well with the family, I did well you know, with most of the fitness and faith, 
but my diet was limiting my ability to lose weight after post-COVID. So I had to modify that. What do you need to modify right now and commit to modifying it? Automating it through your cell phone or through accountability partner, but if you make some small tweaks over a long enough period of time, you're gonna see great results. Thank you. Next week, make sure you join us for episode three, which is gonna be part three, and we're gonna finalize the journey of the parking lot evangelista. It's gonna be an amazing close to this three-part series, and I look forward to having you a part of that. And also make sure you comment, review this episode on our podcast, because your feedback, we value it, and we wanna be a best service to you. But make sure you share it, tell your friends to come and join, subscribe, and let's begin to grow this community really, really quickly because God has some amazing things in store for you and I. Thank you. KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show, packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.